Tonight, I'm going to talk about belonging. What does it mean to belong? Do you belong in life? Do you belong in your body? I'll I'll begin by saying that um, the poet David White at one point was giving a talk and it was for some reason the text was being transmitted to a screen behind him as he was talking and at one point he he talked about a poem of his the house of belonging and he said as he's talking about it he happened to glance up at the screen and he saw that it had been written down or autocorrected to the house of belongings Of course, the house of belongings is a very different house than the house of belonging. But I share this because I think, you know, of course, we live in a capitalist society in which we have belongings, in which all kinds of things belong to us. And and I think the whole capitalist discourse around belonging sometimes interferes with the way we think about belonging. So one of the things I want to track. I'll also say, you know, why am I talking about this today? Well, in addition to wrestling with my own issues of belonging, today is this odd holiday. Um, In California, we recognize it as Indigenous Peoples Day. Back East, especially in places in New York and New Jersey, it's still recognized as Columbus Day. And Columbus Day is very much seen as as an Italian Pride Day, you know. Columbus Day is for Italian-Americans, what St. Patrick's Day is for Irish-Americans. And of course, there, there are, you might say, <coughs> two very different kinds of belonging in these interpretations. One, a very kind of fiercely loyal, in-group sort of belonging. You know, this is who we are. And, and another, which is trying to, as it were, cast the net of belonging as wide as possible, make belonging as inclusive as possible. And those may seem contradictory, but I I think I would say that they're both things that we need in some way. Um, Of course, Buddhism has all these, these lovely universalizing tendencies, universal compassion and all that, extend belonging as, as wide as possible. Um, but we human beings are funny. We can't really, we can't really embody an abstract like that. Um, we find the universal in the particular. It would be very hard for me to just go off and be a hermit and focus on universal compassion and achieve liberation that way. For most of us, we need to also be in contact with real people and rub up against real people and and step on people's toes and, you know, offend and be offended and enrage and be enraged and, you know, and all the the rough and tumble stuff that happens with human beings together. And I think this balance was expressed beautifully in the Buddhist idea of a Sangha. Of course, the Sangha is one of the three jewels um, you know, it, the traditional 
traditional formulation of, of Buddhism. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. And of course, the folks in the Sangha, every day they would, they would chant all these chants and read the scriptures, and they, they certainly would be cultivating the universal mindset, universal compassion, extending belonging to you know, the widest, to all sentient beings, ultimately. Um, and yet there also was the very, they were very much aware of that in-group belonging to the Sangha, belonging with each other, you know, and in all the, the interpersonal difficulties that, that inevitably would come with that, you know, and all the, the personal growth that comes with facing those inevitable difficulties. So I think it's important to cultivate the universal tendencies, but also really recognize and be grateful for the groups that we have in our life, our tribes, where we feel belonging. Now, belonging is ultimately an inner state. It doesn't exist in the head. It's really, in many ways, a, a first chakra quality. Really, we're, we're deeply in our first chakra when we really feel a deep sense of belonging. And so it's about getting out of the head and into the body. And it's very interesting. I think many Americans would say, my body belongs to me. Um, I think that that's a very typical uh, sentiment. And while I don't disagree with that, I, I don't think it's precise. I think it's much more precise to say, not, I be, not my body belongs to me, but I belong to my body. The first one, my body belongs to me, in some ways that, that's the distortion of capitalism. It, it's as if, you know, I'm in the driver's seat, my body is a tool or an instrument that I get to use. But if I say I belong to my body, I'm really acknowledging that what I call ego arises from the body and is supported by the body. Um, I belong to my body. I belong to my psyche. You know, I belong to my wholeness. And along with that, I belong to my struggles. I belong to my core pain. I belong to all of this. Um, I belong to my emotions. You know, I think it, it's very important to, to recognize as we're cultivating belonging, to recognize the limits of, of ego control. And among other things, I belong to my own intimacy. You know, intimacy is really something I need to cultivate in myself in order to be able to cultivate it with others, you know? And I think in this context, I would say intimacy with oneself, it's a kind of self-honesty. Some self-honesty, I can be very, um, kind of very direct and blunt with myself, but, but intimacy is more about the kind of self-honest, self-honesty 
around the issues that can only be expressed in tenderness. You know, there there's some truths of who we are that can only be held in tenderness. And to to be truthful with oneself at that level is self-intimacy. And I belong to that intimacy. And so it's important to cultivate intimacy in myself in order to be intimate with others. It's important to cultivate belonging myself in order to belong with others. Um, But I also want to name a kind of trap here that, you know, sometimes people have the story of, you know, I need to get all my stuff together. I need to, you know, be completely aligned and have no issues before I can go out and start connecting with people, you know, this kind of thing. Or, you know, I need to, to work on myself completely before I entertain any intimacy in my life. Um, and I, I, how could I say, I understand that that's, that's an attractive story that one might cultivate if one is, is, has a tendency toward avoidant attachment, you know, like I need to be perfect, set some sort of high bar before I can ever go out and connect with people. Um, I think it's much more subtle than that. We have whatever belonging we have. We go out into the world, we connect with people. And through that connection, through feeling connected with others, we, we feel some belonging with them. And that connection then allows me to belong to myself a little more. So in other words, we almost ratchet up, as it were. You know, in connection, we're healing ourselves and healing each other. And so that allows me to be more whole. That allows me to be more in touch with my intimacy feel my belonging more and then I can go back out into the world with my own growth and then connect more deeply and it's this kind of feedback cycle Um, and again this is part of the wisdom of the Sangha Um, the, the Buddhists recognized growth happens when we connect with each other in love There's a wonderful um, passage from a sutra, it's actually on the quote sheet, where, where Ananda says to the Buddha, you know, the Sangha is wonderful, it, it's half the spiritual life right there. And, and the Buddha says, don't say that, it's, it, the Sangha is the, is the whole of spiritual life. But this really valorization of, of the healing that happens in, in sacred community. I will say also, just in connection with others, we don't belong to others, we belong with each other. We belong to groups, you know. In some ways, the deepest belonging has to do with belonging to the sacred, belonging belonging to love you know, this sort of thing. What would it mean for you to belong to love? You know?
And there's one quote that I'll share from the Tao Te Ching. This is, this is on the quote sheet. The one who holds the great Tao will attract all things to her. They flock to her and receive no harm, for in her they find peace, security, and happiness. It's kind of an, an earlier statement of what was later called the law of attraction, but this idea that when we're really aligned with ourselves, what belongs to us in life finds us. What we really need, we draw to ourselves. And the connections we need, we draw to ourselves. Um, there's a kind of synchronicity that happens the more we heal into life. I'll also share, this is on the quote sheet also, one of my favorite poems. It's a very short E.E. E. Cummings poem. And so this is this poem by E.E. E. Cummings. Love is a place. And in this place of love move with brightness of peace, all places. Yes is a world. And in this world of yes live, skillfully curled, all worlds. And really this, what I love about that poem is this recognition that there's this how to say it, this profound foundational presence of what love really is. And in some sense, every state in us, every emotional energy in us is contained by love and belongs to love. You know, one way I like to phrase that is every part of us is made of love, by love and for love. And similarly, the, the affirmation, the world of yes, you know, every, every state of what it is to be human is contained in, in that deep affirmation of life. So with that, I'll share the quote sheet. I'll share it on Zoom. And if whoever has the quote sheet in the room, you can pass out the quote sheet in the room. So at the top, I have the quote from the Tao Te Ching, the quote from the Sutra, and I have the E. Cummings poem. A great quote from Rumi. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. You know, this whole idea that we so belong to love that love is going to find us as long as we don't block it, you know. From St. Bonaventure, enter yourself there and know that your soul loves itself most fervently. That is, that is an incredibly profound statement. Your soul loves itself most fervently. Not necessarily true of ego. The ego level sometimes has a lot of problems with itself. 
but the soul loves itself most firm, fervently. From Montaigne, the greatest thing in the world is to know how to belong to ourselves. From the poet Tagore, everything that comes to us that belongs to us if we create the capacity to receive it. In many ways rephrasing what the Tao Te Ching was saying. Psychologist Alfred Adler said, my difficulties belong to me. Jung said quite simply, the most terrifying thing is to accept oneself completely. A humorous one from Groucho Marx, please accept my resignation. I don't care to belong any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> it, it's funny, but it, you know, to what extent do we operate our lives according to that logic sometimes? C.S. Lewis says, human beings are amphibians, half spirit and half animals. As spirits, they belong to the eternal world, but as animals, they inhabit time. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, just to be is a blessing. Just to live is holy. That's a great mantra. That would be a great mantra just to say every day. Just to be is a blessing. Just to live is holy. William Glasser said, We are driven by five genetic needs. Survival, love, belong, love and belonging, power, freedom, and fun. It's important to get all of those. Cesar Chavez said, When we are really honest with ourselves, we must admit our lives are all that really belong to us. So it is how we use our lives that determine the kind of men we are, the kind of people we are. This fascinating one from Leonard Cohen. Roshi said something nice to me once. He said, the older you get, the lonelier you become and the deeper love you need, which means this hero, that this hero that you're trying to maintain is the central figure in the drama in your life. This hero is not enjoying the life of a hero. You're exerting tremendous maintenance to keep up this heroic stance available to you, and the heroes to suffering defeat after defeat. And they're not heroic defeats, they're ignoble defeats. One day you finally say, let him die. I can't invest any more in this heroic passion. From there, you just live your life as, it's, as if it's real, as if you have to make decisions even though you have absolutely no guarantee of any of the consequences of your decisions. So I love that as this idea of, of getting rid of this heroic persona and dropping into a much deeper belonging. Saraban Brethneth says, It doesn't matter whom you love or where you move from or to, you always take yourself with you. If you don't know who you are or if you've forgotten or misplaced her, then you'll always feel as if you don't belong anywhere. Bell Hooks, that remarkable woman, said, a generous heart is always open, always ready to receive our going and coming. In the midst of such love, we never need fear abandonment. The most precious gift true love offers, the experience of knowing that we always belong. Tara Brock says, with an undefended heart, we can fall in love with life over and over again. We become children of wonder, grateful to be walking on the earth, 
grateful to belong with one another and to all of creation. We find our true refuge in every moment, in every breath. We are happy for no reason. The poet David White said, There is a massive kind of radical simplification into what we call the soul, which is really the faculty of intimate belonging inside every human being. I love that way of talking about the soul, the faculty of intimate belonging inside every human being. John O'Donoghue said, Solitude is one of the most precious things in the human spirit. It is different from loneliness. When you are lonely, you become acutely conscious of your separation. Solitude can be a homecoming to your own deepest belonging. Brene Brown says, a deep sense of love and belonging is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, psychically, and spiritually wired to love, to be love, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we do not function as we are meant to. We break, we fall apart, we numb, we ache, we hurt others, we get sick. Jhumpa Lahari said, The essential dilemma of my life is my deep desire to belong and my suspicion of belonging. And Race Mamenikin said, Each of us can build our own capacity for genuine belonging.